Hi, I'm Allison Robertson, and this week on Hold the Drama, we are sitting down with one of the co-founders of Moms in Film, Christy Lamb. This is a woman who has worn many hats in the world of show business, but has found a home in producing. She has been working tirelessly to spread the word of having a family-friendly set and what would it look like to hashtag budget the baby. A project that is near and dear to her heart is the Wee Wagon. It has been written up in several spaces, including Variety, and has had a run at Sundance and South by Southwest. If you are trying to navigate having a family and a career in this industry, this is the episode you won't want to miss. Please enjoy. I'm so excited we're here today with Christy Lamb, producer, co-founder of Moms in Film. I'm so happy that you're here. Thank you. So many questions for you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So let's jump in. Tell me, how do you hold the drama in your life? Oh, gosh. I don't know. Um, who told you I did? Well, I, <laughs> it was an assumption I made. <laughs> um, you know, I think sometimes it's as simple as making sure that I do my meditation practice, and sometimes it's like um, I just don't. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it wins. <laughs> sometimes it wins, and I like I, you know have to really invest myself in some other creative project. Usually, when that happens, yeah. Yeah, sometimes it's, it's more drawn out than other times the drama than I would like it to be. You hang on to it a little yeah, too long. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's my that's my way. That's your way. Mm-hmm. Have you been meditating long? I meditate every morning. I wake up before my daughter and I meditate outside. What's the difference you see when you meditate? I mean, is it something you've been doing for years or it's something you uh, just started? I've been doing it for at least eight months at this this go round. Mm-hmm. I did it my whole pregnancy, every morning, and I don't know. It just I, it changes your brain. Mm-hmm. I like that. <laughs> like literally. So I I've got to say like yeah, that's probably it's part of it. That's your that's your part of holding the the drama. Mm-hmm. But then I also think holding the drama. It's like holding it back, holding it, like holding it, carrying it. Well, you know, I would like, say how do you how do you get away from it? Yeah, so. I get that as like the sort of main. Uh, you know, point of reference for this. But I also feel like sometimes it's good to just sort of like have it, you know, like sit with it. Is there a style or technique that you do with meditation? Is there, do you use an app? Do you? I set my timer for 15 minutes and I get on my meditation pillow and I close my eyes and I cross my legs and I actually sit there for love, 15 minutes. I actually love that you said that, that you didn't have a, a thing that you do. I mean, other than. I just make sure that I'm there for at least. 15 minutes yeah so it's something easy you can do yeah just breathe <laughs> like it's like breathe. okay if we can't do this <laughs> we literally can't do anything so let's just do this <laughs> how did you get into the business how did you get into the field that you're in well i studied media arts and design and concentrated my major in digital video in college at james madison university um and so i it was Something that came to me actually through um, just kind of chance (laughs) operations, it feels like, because I was actually very unsure about what I wanted to major in college or where I wanted to go. And then I I ended up getting into like only one school and I was like, well, that's where I'm going. So I went to James (laughs) Madison University (laughs) and I made the decision very simple. But then I didn't I didn't know what my major was going to be. I thought I would just be an English major because I like to write. And um 
I had like a dear friend who ended up becoming this like really kick-ass wedding entrepreneur woman in um, the Richmond area. Like made me do like a Myers-Briggs and like broke down like all the different (laughs) possible, you know, permutations of a major I could be like with me in our dorm room. Like she lived down the hall. And I was like, she was like, there's a school, School of Media Arts and Design at our college (laughs) that you need to apply to. You have to take this exam and apply to it like next month. And she like organized my life for me. (laughs) I owe it all to Megan Bullargin, (laughs) basically. Thank God for her. (laughs) (laughs) But once I realized that you could go to school for Media Arts and Design, I was like, oh, obviously. I thought maybe communications or something with like TV news anchoring or something was in my future. So when you heard about what the school offered, yeah, you were like, like, oh, that's what oh, I duh. do? Yeah, I'm a filmmaker. I didn't I didn't know that you could really, like, yeah, do that. Amazing. I mean, I knew that I wanted to be, like, I knew I was an artist <laughs> from as a child. <laughs> right. But, like, there was no indication as to, like, how, what permutation that was going to take. You didn't know that that would be I wasn't your, like, I'm your... an actor. I'm a filmmaker. Right. I'm a writer. I'm, a, I'm still, like, a total hodgepodge. <laughs> like mutt you know of an artist and so I think I just was like oh a creative um possible job for me to do that involves multiple art forms Mm -hmm. that makes total sense Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. producing became so producing became just something that everybody had to do because like the internet was around um and I'm not even, like, I don't even call myself a producer. It's just something that I've gotten hired to do probably the most. Okay. Like, that's, I don't know, just what's happened so far. And it's just by way of, like, you know, steep learning curves at different at different places in the, in the journey, you know. Um, so, yeah, so I, I went to school for media, arts, and design, and I graduated, and I did, and I did two years of AmeriCorps service. I did, really? Mm-hmm, I did AmeriCorps in um, Providence, Rhode Island, at the Providence Children's Museum. I did mm-hmm. after-school programs. Um, and then I did, uh, I taught television production to high school youth outside of Boston a second year. And then I ended up working at that community access television station for, like, a year, um, and then I floated out to Martha's Vineyard <laughs> for a stint. And then I worked on some film festivals out there and learned that a little bit. And then I moved to New York when I was 27. Okay. So. Did you go there with a job or nope. you just. Nope, no. <laughs> just totally. Just by the seat of your pants. Really, right? okay. really, really, really. By You're the just seat working of my your pants. way down the coast. I, see. I was just <laughs> searching for a place to live mm-hmm. and thought. You know, I've lived in Boston, and it was, like, too, I thought maybe, like, too much of a city for me. But then I lived on Martha's Vineyard, and I was like, oh, no, I think I need to go to New York, actually. So I went to New York, and I, like, crashed with a friend and, and then started working at a production company in Brooklyn. And and then I've just been working in and around film and TV and production and then sort of have this nonprofit filter um through my work too um for like yeah the last like 13 years or something now wow yeah so since i went to school for it <laughs> you've, you've been in it once you, yeah. once you found One the way title or another, you, yeah you well, got... i mean once i found like the medium i think more than anything it was film and what do you do currently and how long have you been doing what you're doing now okay um like on a day-to-day uh-huh. um uh on a i mean i know you, you yeah you have quite a resume and I see all the accomplishments you have. So you went from 
New York to where you are today. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot in between. There's a ton of stuff in between. Yeah, tell like me a- about it. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay. I mean, basically, I feel so fortunate to have built um, some amazing friendships and um, relationships in this industry over the course of many, like, experiences. Mm -hmm. Um, I was... It was very discouraging (laughs) at the beginning to be like an intern at a production company and then an AP at that production company and then... um, not get into Columbia MFA and wonder like what I should do next to keep up my work. And then I'm working in restaurants and I'm, you know, working at the food network and, um, like making interstitial commercials that are branded content that like look like the, the show, but then like, you know, have a tide thing in them. And then it's a tide commercial afterwards, like tricky, you Mm -hmm. know, advertising and, um, just did not find it very satisfying and wanted to figure out, um, you know, what my own work would look like, but it just took forever to figure out what my own work was going to look like. I was kind of like helping a lot of other people make their movies for a long time, Mm. you know? Mm -hmm. And, and like, that's great experience. Totally great. And, um, really valid. You have to start somewhere. So I started basically being an assistant in Boston to a documentary filmmaker and working with her on, um, curating a music video program for a film festival she did in Russia. And we became colleagues. Um, and then when I moved to New York, she like kind of, she ended up moving to New York, um, to work on a project that I was working on and had like hired her to direct. And, um, it was just a long like series of events. I was working um I was working at this production company in um like Midtown and I was making these interstitials and it was just really not very gratifying and I wanted to go back into film and then the next opportunity that I got um was to run a film nonprofit, like be the executive director of a film nonprofit. <laughs> I was like, whoa, okay, like that's <laughs> totally off the beaten path. <laughs> but I don't know. Like I did not I couldn't stay where I was anymore. I was having a really hard time getting another job. Like I had basically just lucked into this production job because I moved to New York in two thousand seven and then January two thousand eight I'm working in a restaurant. I'm like stuck there because nobody can get any work doing anything. And then it was kind of just like that for a really long time and so the fact that I had that production job at the beginning of being at New York was huge but then like everybody was cutting back and so I was basically just working at a restaurant for a while in New York and that was very very challenging it's very challenging to be in a city where you're like creating there's creation all around you and you can't afford to like make your own stuff exactly so at that time yeah and so um so I basically was um, drawn into this position, and I um, was able to work on some um, really cool projects through that position at Dance Films Association. And we did the Dance on Camera film series at Lincoln Center, which is like a five-day series uh, we, that we co-produced with the Film Society. And um, all kinds of other, like, programs. And I was writing all the grants and everything. And um, it was just like, a you know, a, another really steep learning curve. Um, and... It kind of came to a moment after three years of doing it where I was just really feeling like I was doling out a lot of creative energy on other people's projects again, and I just really wanted, like, something to give. And then the company actually decided that they were going to regroup financially, and, like, I was let go. Oh, my. And so I was like, okay, well, now I'm going to just 
be a freelance filmmaker. Like I obviously really want to be. I know I want to be back on set. Like all the every, tastes of every like, step you're at, you're saying, but it's not my own cunt. It's yeah, not my own like creation. That. Well, and yeah, and I'm like not even actively able to like make my own stuff, you know, because mm-hmm. I'm like kind of just trying to get by. <laughs> right. right. The artist's plight. I understand. <laughs> like really, like, you know, going back to the studio apartment in Harlem with like a mattress on the floor, you know, and like contemplating what am I doing with my world? <laughs> yeah, I understand. <laughs> like Only everyone else had felt had moved to New York, like also six years or so before I was there, right. you know, like, so it was a really unique time. Um, and then I worked freelance in New York, like all over the place for like three years. And, um, it started where like, I got hired to work on, um, a short with Joanna Arno and she directed it, went on to win the silver bear at, um, Berlin Ale. And it was this black and white short. And, um, it was called bad at dancing. And I was the, uh, production designer and I like had never done this before, but I was like, well, I've outfitted my living room. (laughs) I think I can probably figure out what to bring. And I also, at the at the Food Network gigs, I was, like, everything. You know, I was casting. I was, like, looking through all of our back warehouse stuff to, like, you know, dress the set. I was crewing up. I was figuring out the budgets. Like, everything. And, you know, supervising creative. at it. You know, yeah. everything. So I was, like, I can figure this out. I was just, like, yeah, I guess I'm, a, you know, a production designer. I don't know. Like, gets me on set, you know. So I get on set, and I'm, like, well, clearly I love this. You know, like, I was, like. <laughs> Day one, I was, like, on fire. Like, I was like, well, shit, I'm not going to make enough money doing this, but I love it. Right. Like, that's basically how you feel. You know, you're like, oh, no. Like, how am I going to do this and something else that pays me? It's an immediate conundrum. Like, that it's going to be a really hard road ahead. And it was, obviously. But just about the time I started getting enough work, um, which was, like, I was doing producing commercials. I was acting in things. I was like having a really good time meeting people and getting jobs lined up. And then somebody decided I was a costume designer and I got a job. (laughs) (laughs) It's so true. Like I did costumes on like one thing because I had done something on something else and like also had to do costume and production design. And they were like, oh, you can do, you know, sure for this feature film. And so I'm like, you know, pregnant. Oh my god! Costume designing feature film, motorcycle film, um, that has like uh, Tom Berenger and Bruce Dern and Gina Gershon and Keith David in it, and it was really fun. And I, but I'm like schlepping all over New York, like carrying like way too much stuff, and I'm like three or four months pregnant, like having you know phone calls on the street with Tom Berenger and like. <laughs> trying to figure it out like i've never done costume design before but it was like a massive spreadsheet going you know it was basically like all right this is a calculation i can see what's going on you know Mm -hmm. um but i had to get a team together and then we shot in syracuse um so we weren't even in the city so i was like going out of town for like six weeks pregnant um and i didn't tell them i was pregnant um because who does that right god forbid (laughs) but i did have a pre-planned trip to tell both of our families that we were having a baby like in the middle of the shoot and they were like we really want you and I was like I'm gonna say like if I was producing this I would probably say like this is gonna be problematic but I can find a replacement for the time I'm away if you're cool with that and he was like we want you I was like okay (laughs) so I found my replacement and then I went on my pre-planned trip and while I was away they determined that it was easier to just keep my replacement and asked me told me that I didn't need to come back oh and then an hour later in the car, I got an email from the next project I was supposed to work on, and it got pushed to the following spring, which is when I was due. 
So within one hour on a trip from Virginia to Tennessee, after Expl- telling my family to go tell me good news. Yeah, bringing great news. Yeah, yeah like life-changing news, um, which I didn't tell them I was, you know, going to do or what the purposes of the trip were for because it was none of their business. Um, <laughs> and But I don't, I do know that they knew I was pregnant. Like, I do know that, you know, it's, you know, that it happened. And yeah. then I had six weeks of no work. And so we were basically already talking about maybe moving to L.A. And I said to my husband, like, is this it? Should I just make a break for it and go by myself and see if we can do this? Because he was holding down our health insurance. So I did. I, I was like, well, no, within like two weeks. Your recovery time is unbelievable. <clears throat> I mean, resilience is a yeah. pretty important thing, right? Yeah, I'm so with you on that. I'm like, I, I'm staying with friends out here for a month before my husband arrives, but we got jobs within like two days. We both had jobs. Yeah. <laughs> and health insurance and somebody to sublet our apartment and everything. I was like, okay, I'm going to start looking for a midwife. Like, what's next? And we got it. And we got an Airbnb for like two weeks. And then we found a little one bedroom right by Echo Park Lake. Wow. Yeah. So it was like a crazy whirlwind. So you didn't actually set out to say like, hey, I'm going to come to LA and check this out you you know i was like we have to try to move now because the windows after you have a child seem like they're really really narrow and like we want to raise our child around a community that we can continue to grow and we work in this industry maybe we should just make the leap before this all goes down so here's the thing because i'm following your your story so you make the leap to la Uh and what do you come here saying you do well i got a job through my dear friend katie hilton who works at center theater group writing grants so i was there for a temporary position because somebody was out on medical leave so i wrote grants for center theater group for three months before i took off and had my baby you, you just say yes to whatever steps in front of you yes it was like the baby was like move west and i was like (laughs) okay like how how to plant ourselves best um yeah it was really weird it was like a a literal nesting from like good cross-country nesting experience so you you're now in la Mm -hmm. and and motherhood very quickly because um uh after i had my child i had my daughter at home very proud of my experience Mm -hmm. it was literally the only thing I ever call empowering is birth mm-hmm. <laughs> anymore because it's like the ultimate creative um event and I was basically like um in a position where a film that I worked on was uh at South by Southwest and I wasn't able to make it because I wasn't sure when my daughter was gonna be born and um, she came a little late and I, I passed off my pass to our DP, well-deserved. And then, um, we won the jury award and I had mm-hmm. a two week old baby and I was like really torn, like at home, like really like, oh my gosh, like how am I going to just, how am I going to manage all this? Yeah. Cause it's everything I, you want. Yeah. Basically everything felt like it was like suddenly at a moment where like I could have gotten more work if I was there or I would be like at least sort of in the Rolodex still. And then I was really concerned that because I had this child and my husband was at work for like 13 hours a day, it was going to be challenging for me to figure out how to re-enter a field where I could like pick up and go schlep down Fifth Avenue with bags on my body right. before even pregnant. This was a different this story. This is a human being yeah. now with you. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like, 
you know, if you don't, then there's like factors like if you're breastfeeding, how far away are you? And, you know, like, are you, um, do you, can you afford to have any care? Right. Um, so yeah, so I was like really reflecting on that. And my mother-in-law was visiting at the time and I was like, we won. Oh my gosh. Like, what am I doing? Like, how am I going to do this? And so I started just reading like in the middle of the night, like you do when your child is like keeping you up all night or isn't even up and you still wake up like two hours later and right. you're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> what have what you happened done? to my life? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> my circadian rhythm is like completely messed Annihilated. up. Yeah. So, um, I was like reading on my phone, you know, like without even my contact lenses in, like this far away from my face. I'm like reading all these articles about like just, you know, how detrimental position I'm in basically. And I read this one. <laughs> light like, reading, light bedtime reading. <laughs> yeah. Like I was in it, you know, I'm reading these articles and, um, I stumble across this one and it's like, should I, or should I not, you know, include the fact that I, um, have, a child within my filmmaking and creative bio, you know, and I'm like, Ooh, what's that about? Um, I don't know how to answer that either. It seems like this is going to be a really big part of my life now. And it is not an answer I should have. Yeah. And it's not like, I knew from experience that it was like not easy to be on set pregnant. I was told by like commercial directors, like, Oh, I never hired you. If I knew you were pregnant. Ha ha ha. Oh boy. Yeah. I mean, so I was like, um, it can't be like that much easier when you have a child and then have to like leave or whatever. I could, I could only imagine. Um, so I was like, you know what? I'm going to contact this woman <laughs> who wrote this article because she was having like she was planning a meetup around Tribeca Film Festival. And I was like, I'm going to contact her because I want to have meetups in L.A. I don't know anybody here. Like I have run a nonprofit before. Like this feels like much more than a meetup to me. Like I was just like, if there are other women that are experiencing the like a things. sliver of what I'm experiencing right now or like, you know, 110% of what I'm experiencing right now. I want to know, you know, like I was like, I want to know what's going Create on. Create support. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, figure out where the community is. And so um, we started having meetups. Um, we had the first meetup. Melissa was there at the first meetup at the Echo Park Lake. We had like a little informal potluck picnic thing. Everybody brought their babies. And we all talked about just basically what our challenges were and, you know, what we did, what we were working on, what we could offer, what we could um, what we could ask for, which is like always important. And um, and then we kind of like parted ways and everybody was like offering up, you know, other speaker suggestions for Los Angeles. And Matilda and I would just like have conversations while I walked around the Echo Park, like pushing my daughter and like talk about everything that we wanted to see change in, in the film industry. Mm -hmm. Like I was just like, OK, so if we have all these ideas, what which ones are run like coming to the top, you know, of the heap? And we started getting really invested in this idea of um, having mobile child care on set. Um, so that you could, as any parents could use it, and um, it would afford the cost of childcare, and it would mean that women in the industry would not have to sort of, you know, potentially Jeez. take yeah take that moment to be home um, rather than pay for childcare and miss out on you know staying within the industry, which is already a freelance you know freelance by nature, it's a challenging thing to upkeep, and. Um, and so that was, like, up at the top of the heap. So we started talking about that. We apply for a panel at South by Southwest to have, like, you know, a little presentation about what we've been working on. And um, 
And then and there's what, a, and what yeah. do you consider you're working on? You're working so, on is this is this is so the, meet the meetups is it evolved? Is, so by this time the meetups is this had when evolved. moms and yeah films. so moms and film um, was very quickly like the, the that was born then nomenclature for the, what we were doing and right. it was um, it was an organization um, it is an organization that's dedicated to energizing the careers of parents in film and TV through uh, community advocacy and funding. And so we started sort of like a charter of, you know, just like offering childcare or um, allowing children to be welcome at all of our events. All of our events are free. And we started talking about what other programs, you know, what what we were interested in doing under the umbrella of moms in film. And we talked about residencies and, you know, just like dreamscapes Mm -hmm. about what we what we would love. Um, and the Wee Wagon project was born. And so we, uh, at one of the South by panel like discussion groups, they told us about this community grant that we were eligible for, and they were like encouraging us to apply. So we applied to research and develop the Wee Wagon project, and then we won ten thousand dollars. So we wow, um, put it into thank you. We put it into like a prototype of the Wee Wagon uh, that we would like to see on set on the ground at South by um, in 2016, 17. Um, and so this is new. That was this oh, is, this is so new. I mean, yeah. my daughter's only two. I didn't. There was no moms in film before wow. my daughter was born, and yeah, and my co-founder Matilda's son, who's like just six months born older. out of so actually, necessity, out of necessity. Yeah, the mother of invention. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so, but actually, all your experience in New York. Uh huh was actually apropos to where you are today. I mean, my experience of working in the Children's Museum was apropos. You know, it's so like kind of wild. All these things that I was like, this makes zero sense why I'm doing this job right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but now it's all come together. So, okay, so you I have... Mean, kind of. So There's mom, still more to go. Moms in Films is, is an organization here in Los Angeles. Yeah, New York, L.A. are, are sort of co- are founding um, cities. And then we're also in... D.C., San Francisco, and Chicago, and we're looking to um, have chapters soon in Atlanta and Boston. That's really fast. Yeah. That's amazing. And then the Wee Wagon. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about that. So the Wee Wagon um, model at South By was really successful. Um, We were able to showcase um, the idea with our partners, Collab and Play, which are a... um, co-working space here in Los Angeles, the first of its kind with on-site childcare. So they have a nursery on-site. So I was working out of their space when I started incubating this idea with Mathilde. And um, they very quickly became our partners and they allowed me to have our meetups, our LA meetups there at first. So we had Jennifer Dagan, our director on The Beguiled there. We had Kirta Baruth, um, the producer of We Live in Public there. Just really exciting. Um, Sarah Soleimani was there. Like we had these great conversations with um, parents and they would um, bring their kids and they're all recorded and on our podcast on our website. And um, so they like offered up to come to South by with us because I was like, I think we're going to just <laughs> throw the money into it. That's they're our allies. They told us we could have just a space. Jump in. Let's just see. Let's just see what it looks like. Get it up on its feet. It's an advocacy tool. Um, let's make sure people see what we're talking about. It's a hard thing to explain. You right. know, I mean, it's not, but like, no, but, it's better but to show. seeing is better. Yeah. yeah for sure. So, um, so yeah, we got this great response. People were just thrilled with it. We had um, a lot of the filmmakers utilized it. It was open to anyone who had a film at the festival or any industry folk um, could sign up. And we got um, sponsorship from Luna Bars on the ground because Susie Stark Sherman, uh, who works with them, utilized the service. And um, just like, uh, you know, we were 
excited to connect with all of the filmmakers who were all like giving testimonials about how, you know, amazing the idea was to how, you know, how progressive by nature um, it is and how influential it could be in closing the gender gap in the industry. And this was like pre Weinstein by a little bit, you know, so um, it was interesting um, to sort of be in this place where we were brewing something that had been clearly brewing for like all of like the entire history of Much Hollywood. Longer, yeah. But <laughs> you know, like but it, <laughs> it must be a really interesting thing to be right on. Uh, you have you're building something, and then this major moment happens. In it's like our a industry. pop happened. Yeah, yeah. Where it was like I was just really like. Did wow. you feel like you're in the right space at the right time? Hear what I'm saying? Like, like okay, I this, was born really... into reality at the right space in the right time for my right. experience. Like yeah. I like I was like. Oh, this We're, is incredible that my experience is relating so specifically to the sort of preventative possibilities in an era where it's like we're still dealing with too like is so much inequality. Right. You know, it's like the it's like catching it at the beginning by setting up we're just thinking safe spaces. Yes. Yeah. We're not even thinking about motherhood or no, fatherhood. No, because or, yeah. everyone's going to benefit from a 10-hour day, right? Everyone is. That's right. just the facts. Everybody will benefit from um, being in closer proximity and from feeling taken care of. I mean, it's like the root chakra. Hello. Mm-hmm. You know, like this right. is this is not rocket science. And we don't have to work in a way where we're like you know, killing and ourselves and that type of stuff isn't something that should be, well, if I had known, I wouldn't have hired you. It's, it's no longer a, a stigma. We should or, be allowed to make the choice. We should be, we should be able to wear it like a badge of honor. And that's mm-hmm. what we're doing. Yeah. You know what? Like that, this is a new age. This and is, this is how it yeah, changed. This is how it's changing. So I think that parenthood is like a huge contributing factor to the larger conversation around, um, safe workspaces and parent-friendly practices like lend themselves to safe workspaces. So, um, yeah, I think that when that broke out, I was on set, I was working. Um, so it's when I started moms in film, I was also trying to figure out like what kind of production work I should be in for and how to work with like, you know, nobody to watch my child. And then my husband's company shifted and he was available to watch our daughter. So I went back on set. So I shot two feature films last year and made three commercials um, within uh, like a little over four months or something. Do you ever have time to sleep? That's what somebody just asked me the other day. I sleep really well, (laughs) actually. Congratulations. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I, I, there's something I love about your stories and your path is that you just didn't, you sort of were always making a left turn or a right turn and just taking whatever opportunity came towards you. Right. So am I, do you feel that way too? Yeah. Like I you mean, just said yes. when I was pregnant, I was Jennifer Garner's pregnant body double in an indie feature film in a scene with Brian Cranston. Cause I just was like, yeah, I'll do that. Oh, wow. You just, so if somebody like yourself is going to college or thinking they want to be in the industry, what's some advice you would give them? What would you say? Because what I'm hearing from you is you said yes everywhere, right? You got educated on some things and then just sort of jumped in. Do you feel that's something you would tell someone else to do, to always say yes, to always jump in? I don't know. I mean, I think it's worked for me 
to embrace the opportunities that I've been given. But oftentimes there was like literally no other choice. Like I've applied to a lot of jobs and not gotten them. And I think it's because I was like supposed to be making moms in film and directing my own stuff. So sometimes the choice leads you. Yeah, to where like you're lots of no's. Yeah. Talk about that a little bit. <laughs> no, but that's important because I don't, you know, we have so many guests that they're so honest with us, but sometimes we don't hear how much no happens. I mean, like, it's weird. The no happens where it's supposed to, right? Because it's like, I got a lot of yeses for projects that I'm really proud of. Mm -hmm. Like, I really was excited to be a part of all of the production teams that I pulled together or got hired on. I mean, I had really great experiences when I started working in production, other than, you know, a lot of the, you know, basic boys club nature or, you know, that's different. I mean, I, I was getting hired, you know, like, until... I became pregnant. That's when I really felt like, oh, like, you know what? It's one thing to sort of like be jostled around a little bit on set, but like the stakes are different when you're a yeah. mother. Especially and you're if like, you're in an environment that is. We should be past this. Yes, especially this if you're in an environment that doesn't understand. Really be about the work. I mean, you're working on an, in an art form on a team. Yeah. It's a vulnerable place to be. Like, nobody wants to be judged. Nobody wants to be, you know, put down publicly, humiliated in front of their colleagues. Like, this is, a, this is it can be really intimidating. Right. And I think that from what I've seen, like, you know, you have to really hold your own. And I think that can always, you can always hold your own through your work. But if someone's going to deny you the experience... Because to showcase choices your work made. because right. of cho life choices that you've made, then there's a disconnect because that's not about your work anymore. Right. And I don't think we should go hiring like all 100% female crews just to hire 100% female crews. Like I think we should definitely try to hire women. Correct. But I'm I'm also like sometimes you're just like you know what we can't get a female editor. We have to turn this project around, and this person I've worked with before is available, and their work and they're good for the job is great for the Whoever's, job. Yeah. yeah. So while you're on your path of, you know, collecting yeses and nos, mm -hmm. can you tell me what was your oddest job you had to keep the lights on? I heard you said a little bit about restaurants. I know. But... It's like, it's so cliche, but well, I mean, my, my experience was very specific. I had a little restaurant experience from when I lived out on Martha's Vineyard, but it was light and it was like through, like the f it was through family. So it was like not, you know, high stakes, but I got a job at, um, on the opening staff for Danielle Ballou's wine bar across from Lincoln Center called Bar Ballou. Uh -huh. So I was like waiting on everyone and their mother when they were getting all of their restaurant reviews. So I waited on Frank Bruni. And I was the only woman who waited on Frank Bruni. So it's like if he wrote something in the review and it included a waitress... I was, like, basically out of a job. I mean, like, I was, like, <laughs> it was too... Pressure. I was, <laughs> this day, I like, I keep saying this because it was literally, like, it was, like, a very scary experience, actually. I would have, like, fever dreams about working there where I'd go down to the kitchen to get someone's dish and the kitchen would turn it into, like, a mall and I'd be like, it's not even here. <laughs> like, they asked for their burger two hours ago and they're going to the theater. I mean, it was, like, really intense. High pressure. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that, and I had to do that at the same time I was working at the production company in Brooklyn. So I lived in Harlem and I would go to Columbus Circle, um, for work. And then I would go back home to 123rd in Manhattan and I would get off the subway at like two o'clock in the morning and I'd eat like a sad bowl of Cheerios. And then I'd wake up in the morning and take the train an hour to Brooklyn to go work 
at the production company that I worked at and got paid eight dollars and fifteen hour at fifteen eight fifteen an hour to work there and because you loved it I loved it <laughs> but it was still like less than ideal conditions you yeah. know like really less than ideal conditions do you feel I mean I definitely feel it's absolute fate and kismet that you are experiencing all this and now you you're doing women, uh, moms in film and the wee wagon. I mean, yeah. I feel like you're a great advocate or spokesperson for this because, uh, unfortunately your experience isn't new no. or unique, No, but I do think it's interesting. <laughs> I'm not claiming that it right, is. No. That you had all these experiences yeah, that bring just, you here today. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, what else has everybody else got? That's really like what the root of it came from is like how to, you know, how to rally. And that's really what it's turning into. It's like, it really is turning into this beautiful movement. People are opening up chapters in other cities. Um, you know, women are posting photos of themselves on set, um, and asking for, um, 10 hour days in some cases. I mean, I think that what we're doing is not, um, should not be so, I mean, it's, it's bananas that it hasn't happened sooner. What's next for moms in film and we well, Sun, we just got back from Sundance Film Festival where we uh, launched the base camp iteration of the child care model at um, the Park City Community Church in their nursery um, through our partners Collab and Play and Amazon Studios um, for the course of Sundance uh, 2018. And the he- like coming off the heels of that was just like, it was like a rollicking, amazing time. Like it was not just like a fun party, but it was like, we got stuff done. It was really exciting. People were really jazzed about, um, the advocacy work. Um, I'm directing my first feature documentary. So I was able to talk to a bunch of people about that. And I'm really excited that moms and film is in a space where people are learning about our work and they're approaching us to work on their projects. And we're figuring out how to, um, how to like incubate this in, in spaces where it can be utilized um, and to cut through the red tape for productions um, by way of taking tax deductible donations and then, you know, spending them by setting up the models um, on set and proving the models over time with like-minded partners who are progressive by nature and um, interested in, you know, seeing this through and, and letting the project prove the bottom line uh, does improve when you factor in family practices what's your hope for it where do you where do you you want to see it on every set how what is yeah let's see it on every set like i mean like i think it would be really exciting to have um child care as a part of your line item in your budget or um you know however we break it down so that it makes the most sense for investors um is just a a norm that um, having a wellness space or nursery for people to... Not a luxury. It's the norm. Yeah, it's just the norm. Um, and anybody can use it, and it's available, and it's uh, called out. And, uh, you know, we don't have HR, so it's like... I think it's great. Yeah, it would be nice if we had an umbrella organization that was kind of like looking out for the overall safety of, of production and family-friendly environments. environments. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, while you're on this journey mm-hmm. here... And now here you are in LA, mom, moms in film, wee wagon. Was there ever a moment you wanted to quit? Wanted to quit? No. There's never a moment that I wanted to quit. Um, like there were a lot of moments where it was like, like I remember, like my parents are very supportive, but I do remember my dad saying something like, you know, 
Well, you can always make movies as a hobby. Ooh. You know, like there's always you I mean, I think he meant, he meant it in the nice. He meant I it like do you don't think have he to really give, meant well. You don't have to give it up, and you but you can need to make go, movies as a hobby. But that it's wasn't like, your choice. It wasn't also the tone. Yeah. <laughs> <that he laughs> took. I mean, he wasn't like, you know, coming down on me like, no, but, you know, go get a job or anything. But, but I know is when you hear that especially from someone like a father, yeah. you go, "Oh, what am I should No, that's not what I'm doing." Right? Oh yeah, I mean, all kinds of stuff like that has happened, and um, you know, I mean, being a mom, it's just like a total, you know, your brain changes there too. It's like completely you lose. Words. You lose <laughs> I mean, you just it clarifies things, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel like you know, being told that at the time I was told it was slightly disheartening. Looking back, I don't think that it was intended to be disheartening, and I also think it is like pretty realistic considering you know less than five percent of women direct things in this industry and it's like less than 10 across the board on like most things above and below the line frankly so it's like the chance the sheer numbers of being able to work in the industry that i went to college for uh, allow your father to make that statement i mean just i'm like yeah you probably heard it on npr (laughs) (laughs) um right well, okay. I think- so I think I, I think it wasn't like I wanted to ever quit. It was just sometimes I was like, I recognize for the time being, I'm not going to be able to make what I want at this time, at this moment. But doesn't mean it's over. That doesn't mean that my career is over. It's barely begun. I agree. I you know, agree. like it's literally barely even started. So, so even though it's barely started, do you have a, I mean, if this is barely started, then I'm anxious to see what else happens. Me too. Uh, do you have a favorite moment? So far, or several? You know what? Things are, like, getting really exciting for me. I have a moment that happened last week that was, like, just skyrocketed to the top of my list. Can you tell us? Yes. So (laughs) I'm directing my first feature documentary. It's called... Congratulations. Thank you. It's called Birth, Life, Black, White. It's about the national crisis that we're in, um, essentially, around maternal mortality um, and... uh, and postnatal care in America, specifically around in um, women of color. Mm-hmm. And they are literally three to four times as likely to die postpartum within the first year of having a child than white women in America. Oh, my God. And um, there is research that I'm finding that is just, I mean, I've basically gone down the most incredible, like, you know, data search of my life so far and all of these great things keep aligning um to sort of meet people who are affiliated with the subject matter and so i've just decided at the beginning of this year basically that this was going to be the movie that i was making and um and then put together a deck and went to Sundance and got a bunch of interest and shot my first interview with um my midwife's assistant kimberly jordan who's a lactation consultant and a birth teacher birth instructor here in los angeles and a woman of color and her daughter was actually my doula at my birth and um we just had an incredibly powerful conversation on camera with a full production team of women and it was a safe comfortable shoot and everyone went to lunch afterwards and just kept commenting on how nice it was to be able to like you know move media without feeling like you were going to be judged or told that you're doing something wrong and (laughs) you know like just and really enjoyed one another's presence and and just got some really amazing um you know statements about 
this position that we're in from a woman who I greatly admire and and it doesn't get better than that right I mean I think it's gonna get better and that's what's really exciting because I think like this just felt like the it felt like the train has started you know like it's moving and it's like okay you know and I think it's such an important thing too when that you're a part of it yeah not just talking about it you're actually yeah trying to make a change right. and making a change yeah any other moments that you're super even before moms and film even before or? moms and film um this is a funny story i mean I, I like i basically feel like every moment that i had on set has been just a, kind of a gem of an experience like i'm a real people watcher i really enjoy a team sport and um even when it's rough, like I really do love working in this industry. So I think when it comes to like just fun encounters, like I just remember this one ride when I was working on Toe to Toe, which is like the first feature film that I worked on. It was in Sundance in 2009. I was an associate producer and we went to the DC area and we were shooting in like Anacostia, which is not the safest area. And we were driving around in this van and Sonequa Martin Green, who you may or may not know, she's Mm-mm. like this very talented actor. I just love her name. <laughs> yeah, oh, she's fantastic. Yeah. She's like, you know, um, really do. She's in this new Star Trek. Oh, um, okay. Uh, she uh, she was in the car and we like went to this Burger King on the drive and like we just like laughed so hard I almost peed my pants and and now like to like have that experience with someone and see them doing such cool things it's just really amazing I feel like you never know who you're working with in this field you never know if your intern is going to be your boss and Mm -hmm. like you gotta like stay on your toes in this like really hyper sensitive way that I really enjoy working and be really observant so I, I can't speak to like one experience per se, but I do love it when, you know, you get a crew of people together and they just really enjoy each other because it always makes for better work. And it's like you get to like learn something about somebody you just maybe never would have been in touch with. And this really specific amount of time and very focused work. Um, it's, a, it's a true art form. And I really like I think that um, that's why I work in it, you know. Right. Christy, thank you so yeah, much. Of I course. mean, I think. I think what you're doing is much needed and um, super admirable. And I think we're, as women, we are lucky to have you as an advocate. Yay. Yeah. Well, I'm happy to give voice to that. Yeah. I, love, I like to talk. Thanks, Christy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all for listening to Hold the Drama. I hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. And you learned a little something about what it takes to create a life in show business. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. You can follow us on Facebook at Hold the Drama, Instagram at Hold underscore the Drama, or Twitter at Hold underscore the Drama. And remember, when it all feels a bit much, take a moment to breathe, dig in, and tell the universe to hold the drama.